the stress will age you. The stress will definitely bring you down. Stress is one of the leading causes of death and disease out here, but people don't understand how serious that is. So go goof off and go have fun and take those moments to live in the present. Hey there, it's Angela, and I'm so glad you found your way here to architecting. Creative careers can be stressful, and it's hard to be vulnerable, but this is your landing pad for raw honesty. I'll help you get clarity, reconnect with your passion, and have the career of your dreams. If you're ready to make a difference, have an impact, and say bye-bye to burnout, stick with me, and let's get architecting. It's Angela and welcome back to Architecting. We have a really exciting episode today with my guest, Dr. Tori Ellis. She's a certified life and business coach, entrepreneur, and someone who has really followed her passions, which as you know, is what we are all about here at Architecting. And because of that, she's really had impact in a lot of different ways. Everything from starting her own businesses, yes, that is plural, <laughs> to helping found a STEAM mentorship program. And she's also the author of The Sound of Business, Seeing Entrepreneurship Through Hip Hop. I can't wait to dive in and hear all about this. Welcome, Tori. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I am very well. I'm excited to dive in here and learn more about what got you to where you are and how following your passions has led you to your definition of success. Because that was something that I often find gets people stuck is that mm -hmm. they can be checking boxes on somebody else's list. And never really feeling into, is this right for me to do? Mm. Let's start with your origin story. How did you get to the point where you're writing a book about entrepreneurship <laughs> and hip hop? started from school. I always knew that I wanted to help others. So psychology was definitely my field of choice. I want to say in my master's studies, I created this book off of a capstone class. So my professor was the one who actually empowered me to go and self-publish it. And I was able to combine both of my passions of hip hop and business and now put it forth for everyone else to read and enjoy, but also get a sense of being an entrepreneur or a change agent, as I would say. Having that love for psychology and then that love of business, that was my thing. And if I was able to bring forth information for others for them to thrive and for them to really succeed then why not do it so now you have the book and the book just spiraled and all the other businesses formed i love that how everything is connected right that idea of the adjacent possible so when you say yes to one thing all of a mm -hmm. sudden a whole new set of possibilities pops up and you get to follow that path Correct. And I mean, if you're following your passion, you definitely have a different motivation. And that's what I noticed. When your motivation is different, you have a different drive. You definitely have a purpose. And the whole point of going down that path and putting your passion and your, your purpose out there is so that way you're able to expand on what you're meant to do and what you feel like you're here to do. Passion is the way to go. Definitely. 
I love that you said what you're meant to do. A lot of people think that they're overreaching or it's their ego if they want to dream big. I think the opposite and have a feeling you do too, that you have these dreams because you're meant to do these things. Other people don't have those same dreams. It all depends on the person, you know, like you have those innate thoughts. You have a vision that you can see for yourself, see for your community, see for your family. And it's up to you to bring that to fruition. So if you are only limiting yourself based off what other people's idea of success is, you're not really living in your most, most authentic self. But if you are giving yourself the opportunity to now define what you consider success, what you consider your joy, and then you're able to continue to walk that, you may have a different reaction of how you are handling things. You may have a different response to what you you know want to put out there. So I feel like getting to know yourself and understanding what it is that you want to do, how you want to do it, who are you targeting or who are you here to help? It can start to shift and shape your vision and you're able to now put it on paper and you're able to bring it into either a business or a product or a service. And the ceiling is at this point blown away. There's no cap. So it's truthfully up to you. And what you decide is how you plan on making the mark on the world. What do you think keeps people from embracing that? You know, they can hear that and go, yeah, that sounds good, but they don't do it. A lot of it could be self-doubt. It can be the pressures of being perfect, being perfect for the environment, being perfect for your friends or your family. Perfectionism can also be like you see things a certain way. You want to make sure it's delivered a certain way. So that can stall how you're presenting it. And oftentimes it's a matter of putting out your product or your service in order to get the feedback in because then now you're able to create it and curate it and get more information on, you know, how it could be beneficial. It's a whole self-doubt type of ordeal for the most part. And when people are limiting themselves in that way and they have those self-limiting beliefs, it's not something that is going to benefit them in the long run. You have to kind of knock those out the way <laughs> and definitely um, just allow yourself to think big and think bigger than what you originally was. And clearly you are someone who, when you feel inspired, you take action. What did it take for you to overcome your own self-doubt? I had to get out my own way. I had to really get to understand who Tori was, what Tori wanted to do, what Tori loved to do, why did she love to do it? And once I was able to answer those questions, I was able to now sit here and take off the blinders, remove the distractions, and put my voice out there. It's a still work in progress. You're still going through your phases where those limiting beliefs may kick back in, or you may have a moment where you have those negative thoughts and you start really put more pressure on yourself. You are your own worst critic. It still happens, but you have to be able to still believe in yourself because you're going to be the one that's going to uplift you the most. And once I was able to do that, I was able to break through doors. If they say a door opens up, walk through it. If a window cracks open, I'm going to open up the window too. <laughs> so I'm just going to take the opportunity and make the best of it because it's probably an opportunity that is meant for me to grow on a different level that I could even probably imagine for myself. That's such a great analogy of just, I am this force and I will find a way through whatever way I can. Definitely. I go by these sayings, every obstacle is an opportunity and every loss is a lesson. Every rejection is a blessing. With the losses, they come with those lessons. It comes with something that you can take to grow. That knowledge that you learned and obtained from it 
now you can apply it and then turn that into wisdom. Those obstacles, those are opportunities, opportunities for you to change your perspective, opportunities for you to probably pivot or even come up with even a grander idea. Sometimes you're thinking too small. Take those opportunities and grow from them, learn from them and use them to your advantage. I know myself, like sometimes things will happen that are not what I wanted, right? I had a goal, I worked really hard and I didn't get it. It's easy to sit there and feel like that's a sign that you are on the wrong track. Mm -hmm. But I've been working a little bit with this idea of reframing it that maybe the reason that didn't happen is because something even bigger is coming. And if Mm -hmm. I had been focused there, I wouldn't be available. I know a lot of your work is around positive psychologies. What kind of techniques do you have when you work with people to help them make those pivots? Simple that you gave was actually perfect because that was one of the things I would do to challenge my clients to do. If you have to change your perspective on things, you have to be the first person to do it. You have to be the driving force behind it. Outside of that, we do activities as far as affirmations. If you are thinking of a negative thought, combat them with three positive thoughts. Alternate it. What was the positive part of it? And sometimes that positive is, what are you grateful for in this moment? What are you able to like see or feel or understand that within this circumstance, it was something greater? And like you put it, not every door you're meant to be in. And sometimes when those rejections do happen, it could be a bummer. Yes, <laughs> it can suck. It can really be a downer. But you're absolutely right when you say that you wasn't meant to be in that place because you probably had to put your energy in a bigger project or in a completely different space that is going to take you farther than what you initially imagined. So having that thought process and, you know, doing that, that's one way. Um, Outside of it, I would say for my clients, I do affirmation jars with them. And the reason why is because you can go pull an affirmation a day. And sometimes you're giving one that you may need in that moment. It's not something that you be like, you know, I have to figure this out. It's just a matter of write your affirmations down, put them in a jar. And when you are having those moments where you are not at your your best self or you're feeling your best self, you can go pull an affirmation for that and you start to pour that into you and you repeat those things and say those things and affirm those things within yourself. So that way mm-hmm. you're building your confidence and building that self-love. I think those are the two main things. This is really cool because it's so easy. I think we all know people are kind of hardwired to be more negative. It's part of our built-in survival instinct. So we don't like to fail. We don't like to not get what we want. And sometimes when you feel that way and somebody's like, focus on gratitude, you're like, I got nothing. I got nothing. So you're kind of building up a reserve of things so that when you feel like nothing is good and nothing is right, you have a source that's like, mm-hmm. mm, no, remember this. Right. You always got to pull from from something. And they always say don't ex- seek external validation. But external validation at some point can be very healthy. Have positive people or have healthy people around you too. Have those people like your tribe to uplift you because you can't do it by yourself. And if you think you're going to do it by yourself, we can always think like, hey, I can, I'm a loner. I'm going to get it done. But you still crave having, you know, that interaction, having those connections. So it's important definitely to have a strong tribe around you that is going to uplift you just as much as you're going to uplift yourself. Because when those times of self-doubt or those limiting beliefs kick in and you can't get yourself out of the rut, 
having that helping hand or that shoulder to lean on can definitely be beneficial. What if you feel like you are around people who you kind of don't want to always tell your big dreams to because mm-hmm. they'll make you feel wrong? <laughs> right. Um, what do you do? How do you move past those relationships that maybe aren't serving you as well anymore and find that tribe of people and really get into that space where you can be more positive more Mm -hmm. often? Healthy boundaries. (laughs) Those are the two main words, healthy boundaries. You have to create healthy boundaries for yourself. So healthy boundaries for the people around you. You cannot pour from an empty cup and then you cannot expect an empty cup to pour into you either. So you have to make sure that you have healthy boundaries in place where you can say like, hey, I don't have the capacity today or this may not be a good time. Can we try again tomorrow? Or even if you are having a low moment, you are asking them like, you know, can you hold space for me today? And if they can't, it's okay for them to be like, you know, I cannot. But when you have people around you too, who are either just dumping or who are pulling down your dreams or, you know, telling that you're not going to be able to do it. Those conversations and those words can linger in the back of your mind. So you do need to have healthy boundaries with people where it's like, you know, what you're not going to allow and be receptive to, what you're not going to accept within your own space. So healthy boundaries, it's a, it's a key thing. And then knowing too, when it's time, literally be like, Hey, the relationship that we had at one point, It's no longer fulfilling me on my path, on my journey. It's no longer aligned with it and being able to have those tough conversations. And that's not saying that you don't love them any less. It's just noticing when you're growing or you're changing and it's not alignment anymore. Everyone's going through a different path and that's totally fine. But being able to have those conversations, being honest with yourself, being able to communicate those would be the times where you would have those tough conversations and being okay with knowing that sometimes those conversations may not end well. Sometimes you may not feel good after a conversation because you're losing someone or losing a connection that you so strongly had for a very long time or for a short period of time, however long it was, it was important to you. So it's okay to not be okay, but knowing as well that this is for the greater good and you're going to be able to grow and who knows maybe later on down that line the paths may cross again and they may align again so it's never saying like this is just cut off forever or it's just a matter of not right now yeah that can really be an issue that a lot of us have especially if you are in a creative profession because Mm -hmm. there's no right answers Mm -hmm. and everybody's doing different versions of things to varying degrees of success and Claiming success can feel like arrogance because there's not a step-by-step guide. It's easy to fall into that trap of people pleasing. And when you do that, you lose yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to what you started this off with about your real secret was that you knew what you wanted. You knew what you were passionate about Mm -hmm. and you found that way to do it no matter what takes a lot of confidence to do that. And as you've been talking, you're also pointing out lots of ways that we're going to encounter failure or disappointment. And I really love the way you talk about that because (laughs) you're not getting stuck in it and you're also Mm -hmm. not sugarcoating it. You're really trying to find 
a different truth Mm -hmm. than the one we want to believe. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that shifting of the consciousness, because you were already there. You you seem to, from a very young age, be able to take that and really run with it and view failure as learning. But if someone really needs to work on their boundaries and work mm-hmm. on empowerment, how do they recognize the difference between someone who is claiming to be powerful, but mm-hmm. who's actually acting a lot of times from fear and self-protection? And know when that's not a good situation. I say, honestly, the first thing would be recognizing it within yourself. When you are able to do that, and then you're able to see probably some of the things that you do to protect yourself or what it is that you do to put up these walls and barriers, you could probably see some similarities to people that you have around you. Another thing I would say is you can't change other people's thoughts and opinions. Everyone has their own perspective. Everyone has their own truth. In every relationship that you have, there's a different version of you with those people. So someone, you could be their hero, someone you are their lover, someone you are their enemy, someone you may be the villain in their story. And you can't change that perspective because that is their perspective, that's their narrative. But you have to know how you are and where you stand. So you have to be in your authentic truth and your authentic self. And if you know that you're moving and giving from places of love, If someone is looking at you from a negative point of view, you have to be true to you. So if you're able to be true to you and you know that that's not the case, then it's like, hey, I'm sorry you may feel this way, but, you know, I know I'm leading from this place. And you just have to be comfortable with that. That's the people pleasing. You're trying to make everybody happy and you cannot make everybody happy. Ultimately, the main person that's going to be unhappy is you because you're now you're fitting into everybody's box of what they think you're supposed to be. And you can't fit into those boxes especially when these are not boxes that you want to be in. So you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. You have to be able to see what it is that you do and how you react or you respond and what blocks are you putting up or what are you guarded with in order to recognize it in another. This is so good. I think a lot of times when we talk about authenticity or truth, we think there is one truth. And what you're saying here is that more than one person could be right in a situation and that it's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to convince anybody that your truth is the truth and they don't have to convince you. Right. We're two different people. We can have the same idea, but it's not identical. Even when you look at twins, you can have identical twins, but they have different personalities. (laughs) So can I expect everyone to have one way of thinking and You can't force your way of thinking on someone either because how are you expecting yourself or even them to grow? Have an open mind, an open perspective, and then you're able to literally see probably different ideas, see, you know, different understandings. It's like, hey, I kind of like that way. Maybe I may take a piece of that. And you take a piece of it, you make it your own. So now you're in like innovative with it. And it's just all about what fits and feels good for you. Because you have to make sure that you are good in order to make sure other people are good too. Yeah, yeah. Find ways to energize yourself. I think a lot of people in the architecting community, we talk about this a lot, you know, this idea of stressless success, because we're constantly dealing with feeling stressed out, Mm -hmm. overwhelmed, burned out. And the way to overcome that isn't to 
take a nap. That's not going to do it for you. Or a two-week vacation. It's to fundamentally shift and to get the resources you need Mm -hmm. so you can really be high performing. So I would love to hear your perspective on claiming those resources, how you know what to ask for and who to ask Mm -hmm. as well. You have to provide yourself a work-life balance. And that's something that I'm working on with myself too. So (laughs) if I'm saying it out loud, I'm saying it for everyone, but also for myself, it's finding that work-life balance and what it is that is going to you know, recharge your battery. Everyone's self-care practice is different. Everyone needs a different. Someone may need a coach. Someone may need a therapist. Someone may need a vacation. Some require more work. Even if it's as simple as doing something that is not mentally draining, go to a painting class, go to a dance class, doing something that you find that's fun and to, you know, reignite your inner child and that fun gene that you probably are not using because you're so stressed out. You have to find these things that make you happy and then implement that in your your work-life balance so that way you are balanced and that you're not overstressed or you're not burnt out. And it takes time because as you grow, your routines change. And as you grow, the things that you used to like, you probably don't like anymore. So It's always a matter of learning yourself more and more and definitely going with the flow of those changes and embracing those changes in the process. I know a lot of people are listening to this and thinking, I'm too busy to have fun. That sounds like goofing off. Tell us why it's not. It's not goofing off. And if if you feel like it's goofing off, maybe you need to go and goof off. Um, Because (laughs) (laughs) it's about bringing joy to your everyday. When people do silent meditation or they take those five minutes, they're kind of recentering themselves and bringing themselves back. But then outside of that, too, you are also creating a moment for your brain to relax and creating a moment for you to just breathe. But if you are also providing yourself with fun, you're providing yourself a time to breathe, too, a time to take a load off, a time to unwind, a time to not be so serious all the time and to just enjoy life. If you are constantly stressed out or you're anxious and you're looking so much farther in the future, you're missing what's happening in the present. If you're so extra down and sometimes they say being depressed, you're holding on to things that happened in the past that you can't change. You're so too far, like you're far back in the past. Being present in the moment, whether that is closing your computer and being like, hey, I need to load off. Grabbing coffee with a friend just to have a conversation or just to laugh a little bit. Going on a spontaneous trip. These are things that are going to not only brighten you up and brighten your day, but it's going to keep you youthful. Like the stress will age you. The stress will definitely bring you down. Stress is one of the leading causes of death and disease out here, but people don't understand how serious that is. So go goof off (laughs) and go have fun and take those moments to live in the present. There are times when I'm just like, I can't. I have all this work to do, but I'm going to go shopping instead. Mm-hmm. And what I always notice is that because I took that break, because I did something fun, because I did something that energized me, mm-hmm. when I do go work, and it might be like nine o'clock that night or on a weekend because mm-hmm. I traded the time, right? I actually get more done better in less time. Right. Because now you have a refresher. Your brain is like, 
if it was blocked before, it just has a wide opening. And maybe you went and did something and it sparked an idea. You should always go take those moments. When you feel like you should not take the moments the most, take that moment because you need to just get a quick refresh. Yes. And you are definitely going to come back stronger and better and more focused, like you said. So I would say definitely do that. Yeah. So Dr. Tori is handing out permission slips. (laughs) The times when we need it the most are usually the times when we feel we are least able Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. And we are not very good at being advocates for ourselves in those moments. Right. Right. And you have to be your strongest advocate. And again, I'm talking to myself too. (laughs) Like You have to be your strongest advocate. You have to definitely speak up and take those moments. And you have to know when to say like, okay, it's time for me to shut it down. If you don't do it, your body's going to do it. So what mm. would you prefer? I prefer I do it ahead of time. <laughs> then my body do it. And then I'm out for the count a little bit longer. We've all had that happen, right? Where you get really sick at the worst possible time. And the reason that's happening is because you've been ignoring symptoms mm-hmm. or you could end up with a really bad disease that you didn't check out earlier when it could have been treated more easily because you are taking Advil for pain instead Mm -hmm. of saying, why am I in pain? You have to listen to your body. Your body's always communicating with you. I've learned that the hard way way too many times in my life, starting in college when Mm -hmm. I pulled way too many all-nighters and got chronic fatigue syndrome. So now I really can't push myself, but Even more recently, I just accepted back pain as part of life and thought, Mm -hmm. well, I do yoga and, you know, try to get exercise. But I had a doctor recently go, what? You're taking four Advil every night? How many years have you been doing this? I'm like, oh, I don't know, like 20? (laughs) She was like, no, no, no. And sent me to get an x-ray. And it turns out that one leg is slightly shorter than the other. And over time, mm-hmm. I've developed scoliosis and I've had to go to physical therapy. How many years, right? Right. <laughs> I've been dealing right. with this because I didn't advocate for myself until mm-hmm. my body finally started to break down. And it could have been worse because there are new studies out that are linking things like Advil to heart disease. So that's mm-hmm. terrifying to think mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I could have a heart attack. And so many things out here. Definitely have to listen to your body. And when those signs do hit, it's better to just take a beat and be like, okay, let me see what's going on. Let me consult if I need to go consult and just get it checked out. There's, there's nothing, no harm in going to get it checked out. And sometimes it's maybe not one opinion, go get a second one. <laughs> but definitely just take the small steps because you want a life of longevity and health and be able to do these things that you love to do for years to come. So you have to be willing to go and make sure that you are right so you can do that. You have a lot of different irons in the fire and you've mm-hmm. talked about how doing something that interests you can then inspire you in another way. I don't know that everybody officially has multiple businesses, but I think most people have a lot of different interests, a lot of different things they're involved with. How do you manage to keep the balls in the air? How do you let them feed off of one another Mm -hmm. instead of being an overload of too many things? To be fair, it was in the very beginning, 
there were so many different things. And I was like, how am I going to get these things to connect? Like, what is the connecting force for all of it? Ultimately, I just said I needed to create my own lane and me creating my own lane. Now all these things started to link. I started seeing why I started doing this. And when I was working on this for five months at a time, and then I'm like, okay, let me take a pause. Let me focus here. I'm like, oh, I had already worked on this and this goes with this. It just, it just started to fall into place. It was like a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> um, if you have passions that you love to do and you feel like there's so many of them, or you have passion projects and you want to be able to create all these passion projects, if you can't pick one and you feel like they're in somewhat of a space where they can correlate and they can help each other or they, you know, bounce off of one another, I'd take creation lane and create your own masterpiece with that. So mm. be innovative, be creative. We're all creatives out here in some shape or form. And if you are creating a business or a product or a service, you're an innovator. So create your own lane, create your space, because now you're telling your story and the right people are going to come for those things. All the bulls can be up in the air. And sometimes you have to focus more on one to really develop it. And it's okay. One brick at a time. It's always still building. You're always moving forward. But if you took time and you focus on one thing for a really long time and really get something solid and then you get that going, you have that moving and you can see how you had some step backs and you probably had, you know, some points where you felt stagnant. In all of that, you was gaining lessons and muscle memory and new strengths and new skills you were unlocking because you're going through that trial and error. It's okay to fail. So now when you have all these other balls that you are going to throw up in the air and have juggling too, you can take that knowledge that you gained and that skill set and that information and you can apply it to the next one. So what probably took you a year on one, probably take six months on the next one, probably may take you four months on the one after that. Because you're building a stronger skill set and you're able to apply what you have learned to something else and just to keep the ball rolling and get them going. So it's, it's just a matter of how you look at it and, and what you choose to do with it. This is genius. I love that idea of find your lane rather than saying, I'm an architect and this is what an architect does. And anything I'm interested in that doesn't fit is extra. Right. Now I'm saying being an architect is just one piece, but I am me. Right. And, you know, maybe you have a word for it. Maybe you use your name, but creating that lane where now you're seeing the commonalities in everything you do right. so that they really are informing each mm -hmm. other. That's, mm -hmm. that's amazing. I love that. It took time for me to get there. So definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, once I once I got that down pack, I'm like, oh, wow, this makes sense. And this works. So if that is a gem for somebody out there that they can do it, then definitely take that gem and utilize it because it can change the game. Once you start to feel more comfortable in that groove, you'll be like, OK, I can get this done. And now it's not even a, a second thought of I'm doing something extra. It's more I'm doing something that I love. Yeah, it lights a fire under you. So yeah. instead of saying I'd love to, but you're mm. saying, I'd love to. Here I am doing this. Look at yep. me. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Watch me do the thing. Well, this has been great, Tori. Can you tell people how they can find you if they'd like to connect? Yes. Yeah, so you can go on my website, thesoundofbusiness.org. 
And if you do want a transformational life or business coach, you can book a discovery call with me to see if we click. Outside of that, you can go on my social media sites, LinkedIn. You can search Tori Ellis, comma, PsyD, so P-S-Y period D. You'll see my LinkedIn popped up. Or on my Instagram, always underscore Dr. Tori with two eyes. All right. And I will definitely put a link in the show notes, everyone. So you can find all of these different ways to reach Tori and definitely get her book. I I think the book is such a great example of how you made your own lane. Mm-hmm. It was definitely the start of everything. That was the little egg, the passion project, and it blossomed into all these amazing things. So that book started all. I'm grateful for it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on and thank you everyone for listening in. I know you are busy and there's lots of things you can do, but I am so grateful when you tune in and we get to spend time together learning and growing. So take care, everyone. Thank you. Take care. for listening. If you want even more content, head on over to architectingpodcast.com and subscribe to my newsletter and get some great free downloads while you're there. Be sure to follow me on social media on Instagram at Architecting Podcast, Facebook and LinkedIn pages are Architecting and the YouTube channel Architecting Podcast. Stay inspired. (laughs) 